What a couple like this would move across the ocean into Canada, uh, hang out in Calgary, and then move to Toronto and change thousands of people's lives because they're willing to sell out for something. And I am so honored that they would uh, make the trip here and be a part of this morning. So would you give them a massive, massive C3 welcome as I invite Sam to come preach this morning. Come on, praise Jesus. Give Jesus. Come on, lift up the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thanks, band. Why don't you just thank the incredible band and the creepy and the creepy drummer? <laughs> the creepy drummer. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. That video, like, we said it, uh, we, we do feel like that the real senior pastors are going to walk in at some point at our church, and uh, it's amazing what can happen when you place all your faith and dependence in God. That could just be enough for somebody coming to church today, is the realization that you don't have everything, that you don't have all that it takes, but He does. It's a beautiful thing. But somebody that does have a lot is Shane. Just like, you're not just any ordinary construction worker, you're also a beat poet. Like, getting up, what the heck? That was so awesome, man. The only rap I know is uh, I can rap the New Testament. You, you want me to do that? Pastor Jess, is, does that make me prove it? <laughs> Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, Coco, Galilee, Fee, Phil, Confess, Thessalie, Timmy, Timmy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, Peter, Peter, John, 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 Jude, Revelation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know. Get it on Spotify. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh, man. I am not gangster at all. All right. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. I'll give you some time to do that. I encourage you to take out a notepad and take out a Bible. But before I get preaching, I just want to valid, say a few things. And uh, it's so awesome that, um, that my beautiful wife, we just celebrated our 11th wedding anniversary. I think we have a photo of my family. Um, I want to show off my kids because uh, they're the best. This is Noah and Kenzie, and, uh, you know, don't let that photo fool you. <laughs> Noah's a sweetheart, for sure. Kenzie's, uh, Kenzie's you know, she's a leader. That's what, that's, what, that's what any good parent says about a naughty kid. Oh, sh she's going to change the world. And every other parent's like, no, nah, you just need to discipline your kids. <laughs> She's a leader. Look at her lead. She's like running across a highway. Um, <laughs> so, no, it's, it's awesome. Uh, but listen, the spirit in this place is absolutely on fire. Like this leadership weekend, what is taking place right now in C3 Fort Worth is incredible. And I was asking God to try and articulate it to my heart so that I could try and articulate what I'm feeling to you. Uh, 
because you have incredible leaders and we need to celebrate your leaders and that's awesome. But this, you know, we've had a number of conversations with different people um, that are just Fort Worthians. I don't know what you call them. Fort Worthians um, that, that are just genuine seekers, people that, people that may have had church experience, may not, um, whatever it is in their story, that church is different now. And I know that what's in the spirit of C3 Fort Worth is new, the new church, the ecclesia that God is establishing now, not rehearsing how great churches have done it over the last 10, 20 years, that this isn't a rehearsal of what was, but it's a reinvention of what will be. And it's, and it's potent in seed form in the faith. If you can feel it, if you, if you turn the Holy Spirit on on the inside of your spirit, you would understand that. And here's what it is, is that, and I, I, I think uh, what, God's, what God said was, it's going from Fort Worth and Dallas churches that are asking people to come into the buildings. Because this man, I've followed you for the last four days or three, I don't know, whatever, last few days. And you have, you have a, repu- a reputation all over the city. You know people there. And then we go into this place, you know people there. You walk past people on the street, you know those people. And the reputation is always good. And a lot of people make up their version of God based on their version of the man of God. Or their experience of Christians will, will, will uh, be what they conclude God to be. And if I felt like I was following Jesus through the streets. I'm not trying to be sacrilegious or anything. I mean, you, you have Jesus in your church. <laughs> but, but what I'm trying to say is, here, here's, here's the thing. This is a church, I love the streets and hearts, uh, that is your slogan, streets and hearts, that this is a church that where the language isn't come to us, the language is, is this church is going out into the streets of Fort Worth, that Fort, I see you with, uh, I see you sitting down with coffee with some of the greatest income generators in the city and sitting down giving someone a burger on the street. I see you, and this is what Jesus did, and I see you, uh, and not you, when I say you, I mean this church. I see you sitting with city officials that are writing policy and decree, and I also, like, I see you walking in and hanging out with artists, and I see you walking in, and, but that is this church. This community is less about what's happening in this room. What happens in this room is just the celebration of who we are as the church through the week. And that is the spirit of this church. It is going to feel extremely uncomfortable. If you're someone sitting in, the, in, 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 in this room right now and you're like, man, I'm so used to going to church and, and where I get served and I sit in the seat. The church is not called to serve the church. If you came here to be served, you're delusional. You need to go be the church and serve people and don't expect to be served. You got come in and out of churches with your good opinion, your Christian opinion. I'm Australian. This is what Australians do. You come in here with your opinions about how church ought to be and how good it was and whether the worship met your quota or not. How dare you? 
What are you doing talking about something so sacred? And who are you, you entitled so-and-so, coming in here thinking that church is here to serve you? Were you served well today? Who cares? Jesus already served you by dying on a cross and laying his life down for you. Who cares whether you were served well today? The question is, who are you serving? Are you glad you invited me now? We got to get the Bible right. We're not here to bring other Christians in and, and help. And can we serve other Christians better than the church down the road and how they serve the Christians? Christians are just getting fat and selfish. But if you read the Bible, you understand the mission of the Ecclesia is in fact mission and that Jesus laid everything down for us and he gives you everything in 100% the moment that you receive salvation. So therefore, you no longer have need. But there is a world out there that don't know Jesus and they have need. And so our need is to take the answer, the way, the truth and the life to the people of need, which is no longer you. And you might not know Jesus yet here today. And by the end of this service, you'll have an opportunity to receive him. But once you receive him, mark my words, you now have everything that you need. And so you get called to therefore go out to the streets and fill every heart with the name of Jesus. And I love that mandate as this church. And I'm so thankful that you invited me. And I'm okay if I never get invited back as long as I say what I believe God is calling me to say. As you get about the mission and you start sowing seed that makes an eternal difference, man, your life will be forever different. Amen. That's the mandate of this church. It's the spirit of this place. And it is going international, people all around the world will look at C3 Fort Worth as a new model of church. You are setting a precedence. Whether you're 20, whether you're 60, it doesn't matter. What is new in the Lord, what is fresh in the Lord, it has no discrimination, no age, no nothing. It's just those people that want to pick up what God is doing, what the Holy Spirit is doing today, and it is here. It yeah. is here. It, the way you're, well, I'm going to fall off the stage. The way you're worshiping, the, the way you're leaning in, this, the way people are walking into the lobby, it's just potent in this place. Amen. And that's, so I'm going to talk about how on earth we get this thing done is in the church. How on earth do we do this? How on earth do you get your life done, your calling done, that there, is, that there is this secret in 1 Thessalonians that shows us how this thing takes place? And I, and I know that there are people sitting here today and you, you thought, man, I'm going to come to church today. But what you didn't understand is that you were, you were meeting the rest of your life. That I'm seeing people in this room that are making a decision in their heart. They're like, wow. See through Fort Worth, Pastor Brandon and Meredith, I actually feel called to this place. I feel called to sow into the future of this church. And you didn't know that was the decision that you were making today, but in your heart, you're feeling like God is speaking to you, that you've found home, that you belong here, and you're going to lay your life down for other people that need to be a part of this thing. This is a movement. It's a mission. It's organic. It's not a... It's not just a church organization. It's more of a church organism. I'm excited. I'm excited. I feel a part of it. All right. So how on earth do we do this thing? Because sometimes we can get confused. Sometimes we can get 
lost, sometimes we just need someone to remind us how it's all done. How do you fulfill the call of God on your life? How does this church feel the call of God on this church? Uh, on, on this, uh, you don't need to take your kid out. Your kids are awesome. They're, I love them. Like let them let them scream. They were shouting me down, and now you're like, I'm 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 joking. All right. It's hard. It's hard. It's difficult for parents sometimes. You never know if you feel welcome or if you feel excluded. And it's just it's good to always make parents feel welcome. Amen. All right. First First Thessalonians chapter one. Uh, Verse 2, this, this could be a prophetic word over this house. We always thank God for all of you. And I would thank God for C3 Fort Worth, and I would thank God for you individually. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember, this is the key verse, verse 3. We remember before our God and Father your work, somebody say work, work. produced by faith. Your labor, somebody say labor, prompted by love, and your endurance, somebody say endurance, inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. There's work, there's labor, and endurance. That's like, you know, what we do. The work is a few, so work, labor, and endurance. So, for we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you. God has chosen you. God in his sovereignty one day will do it all. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. But that day hasn't come yet. Right now, he in his sovereignty has selected you. You are the elected. You are the selected. You, God has chosen you. You have a purpose. Why you were created on this planet. Whether you're 12 years old in this room or the, whatever, that God has chosen you. He has a specific plan and purpose on your life. And part of that purpose might be you deciding this is my place. Because yeah. as we each uh, fulfill our individual calling, we also complete the body of Christ's calling. As every supporting ligament is obedient in their own lives, it also creates a momentum for the obedience of the corporate church. And so he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but with power, with the Holy Spirit. I love that thing about C3, that C3 is a Holy Spirit church. Power and the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. That's why I preach like this. That's why you rap like that. Deep conviction. Something's happened to you. I heard, it in, I heard it in those words, man. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us in the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering. You know, it's difficult sometimes to welcome on the call of God because when you welcome, when you're in the bullseye of what Jesus wants you to do in your life, at the same time, you're in the crosshairs of the devil. The same time. Sometimes it's hard to welcome on what God is asking you to do because that obedience actually then starts to cause the attention of the enemy. And if the enemy is not attacking you, you should ask yourself how close to the bullseye of God's calling you are. Because the enemy's attack on your life is a compliment that you're doing something in the kingdom. That's why it says rejoice when you face various trials. It's like, oh, thank you, Satan. By the way, do you know you're defeated? All right. So... Joy given to the Holy Spirit. So he became a model to all believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out. Is that, is that up there? 
There is something ringing out of this place. The influence of this church is thousands upon thousands. You see it in the spirit. Your eyes of faith know before it can be seen. There is something ringing out of this room. There is something ringing out of the leadership weekend. It's in seed form right now, but you will see it come to pass. You will look across. What I'm looking at right now is the core team of tomorrow's church. I'm not looking at the core team and the visitors. I'm looking at the core team of the church of 500 people that's going to take place in six months. In six months. Because there's something, there is a spirit here. It's evident. You can nearly taste it. In the atmosphere, you feel it. You can nearly grab it. Faith is substance. It's ringing out of this place. Rang out for you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has become known everywhere. People will look onto this church and say, we've never seen anything like this. That was such a brilliant message at the leadership. I'm referencing Pastor Brandon's, like the oracles of Pastor Brandon's preaching. (laughs) What a preacher. But people will look on like when they lowered the man down as everybody's doing their part in the body and they'll say, we've never seen anything like this before and I know that's going to become the reputation of C3 Fort Worth in, in, in this city. So people will say, man, this is the land of a thousand churches but there are very few like that one. And I'm not making any statements against other churches, I'm just making a lot of statements about this one. No apologies. I don't care. I love this house. I love this church. Should be a sad day when pastor can't love the church. First Thessalonians 1 verse 3, let me read it again. We remember you before God our Father, because this is going to become known everywhere. Your work produced by faith, that's point one. Work produced by faith. Your labor prompted by love, that's point two. Labor prompted by love. And your endurance inspired by hope in Jesus Christ, that's point three. Your endurance inspired by hope in Jesus Christ. How many people love it when the preacher gives you all three points up front? Your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Point one, work, your work, your calling is only produced by faith. It is impossible to fulfill the call of God on your life personally and in this church without faith. Impossible. Impossible. Why? Because you're called to give God glory in your life. And the only way that you can give God glory is when you know that you're doing something outside of your, outside of your human strength, outside of your understanding. It's got to be bigger than you. If you can calculate your dreams and your purpose and have it all worked out that you don't need God, you aren't fulfilling your calling in God. You have to dream bigger than your ability. How are we going to reach this city? How are we going to change Texas? How is this going to happen that every street and every heart will know Jesus? That's a big vision. That's a vision that requires faith. It requires faith. When, when we, and, and I love the spirit of faith. Faith has a spirit, and it's tangible, and that's what I'm feeling. That's why I can preach this, because I know that I'm not trying to preach something into existence. I'm just validating what's already here. What's going to become known about C3 Fort Worth is the faith that you have. 
Every person in this room has such an amazing amount of faith. And as our church started, we, we like this, keeping that spirit of faith, keeping that electricity in every heart. I mean, we've got some photos here of some of the things that we did as a church um, when we were, uh, so, right. So here is an elementary school gymnasium, and we're like basically setting up like an Old Testament tabernacle. Like, I mean, there's like the linen with the ephods and the buds and the... But setting up pipe and drape, that's Mark, he's still in our church. This guy, Frankie Rodriguez, down here in this corner, he is the CEO of the largest marketing agency in Canada, and he's serving and setting up drape. He now lives in New York, bummer, and still working for the same company, but now he goes to C3 NYC, and he's a campus pastor for their downtown campus, and he leads, he leads the marketing agency that do a lot of the, uh, the, uh, the, like their client is Bud Light and Budweiser, and they do, uh, they always have ads in the Super Bowl, as in like massive. But he's setting up Drake. Let's go to the next one. And so we're setting up, with church, you know, team are getting there at six in the morning and setting up for two hours. I fell off that ladder once and broke my leg in church, preached with a broken leg and then went to the hospital. It hurt. Somebody say labor in love. Labor. It's a true story. I'm glad it was me that broke my leg. Somebody pushed me off, but then so anyway. So Go to the next one, but I want to show you what the eyes of faith do. So, ah, oh, the bottom's cut off. That's uh, all right. So, so you can see the top image is what was, and the bottom image is what is. And this is kind of, I know it's just setting up church, but it's like, it's the way you see people's lives, is you see, uh, <laughs> look at that, you guys are onto it. They saw something that nobody else could see. And through taking steps of faith, the screen came down and the full picture was revealed. <laughs> they knew it. It wasn't there. Uh, all right. So anyway, that's just ridiculous. All right. So, but, but the way we transform venues and the way we do this thing as church is not just setting up. It's like creates a spirit. It's a metaphor on what happens when somebody's old life is gone through baptism like last week and a new life comes. That's what Jesus does is he takes something plain and he makes it beautiful. He takes something, he takes something bland and he just makes it glorious. And, and that's why we do, that's why atmosphere matters and that's why all these things, that's why we put the flags out in front and we transform you know the botanical gardens it's already beautiful I guess and uh and then and we make the house of God it doesn't matter where the church is the the coffee shop is great but then pastor Brandon walks into it and then it's more beautiful and this church walking into every every corner of the city you're just making Fort Worth you're transforming it's the spirit of faith you gotta see what you can't normally see you gotta see the ordinary and make it make it like Different through the eyes of faith. Yeah. Work produced by faith. Go to the next image. We'll fly. This is, uh, this is our team um, inviting. So we did door knocking and just, just knocking on people's doors and telling people about the next event and the next photo. This is my son, Noah. I just put this in because he's so cute. This is Noah with an inv church invitation in his hand. Dribbles. He always, he, he always came with a cloth. All right, so the next... 
Is there any other photos or that's it? That's it. All right. In Jeremiah chapter 1, it talks about, you don't have to turn there, but God asked Jeremiah this question. I asked you the same question here today. Jeremiah said, I'm the least of my tribe. I'm, I'm not that great. I'm not that special. And you might think you might not have a lot to offer. And Jeremiah thought that he was overlooked. I mean, he was just, he was threshing wheat in the bottom of a wine press. I know that's getting that someone else. Jeremiah, all right. So Jeremiah, and, and God said to him, he said, I'm calling you to be a prophet. I need you to stand up and I need you to see something different than the way it is right now. And he asked him this question. He says, Jeremiah, what do you see? I don't see the room that I see in front of me. This church will become a healthy, large, growing church. I see it in many locations across the city. I see many rooms, and I see as this organism grows, and as you, I see it spreading out, like, like reaching out across every street. I don't see you trying to look like the pretty church. I see you being more fun, having more fun being the ugly church. <laughs> Grassroots, raw, okay. For, for damaged goods to be used by God, for people that have come from abusive relationships to be used by God, that they don't have to graduate to some form of clean Christian before they can be used by God. What do you see? What do you see when you see someone walking in, when you, when you are talking to someone, you know, in the clothing store or whatever it is, what do you see? You always see what God sees. You, the best way to honor someone is to see them through the eyes of Jesus. Labor prompted by love, number two. Labor prompted by love. It's exhausting doing church. It sucks. New, new day, modern church is a church that's real. Doesn't try and like put a magic veil over people's eyes to say, you know, church is a comfortable, easy place. No, 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 we're, we're embracing the work, the labor. It's difficult. The only reason people get burnt out is because they have a false expectation that it's meant to be easier than it actually is. But the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and it's the violent that take it by force. It's not the people coasting in comfy armchairs. It's labor but it's, how do you labor through something if, you don't, if you're not motivated by love? Let me explain. My wife has had babies. What do they call that birthing process? Labor. <laughs> Hard work, yeah, exactly. Now, if I was to say, Jess, you are so foolish. I can't believe you would, I can't believe that you would go through that. Why do that to your body? You're, you're, you, you're so foolish, you're an idiot. Why? If I was to question the pain and the labor that she goes through, it would be weird, wouldn't it? Yeah. Any, anybody got kids? Do you regret going through the pain? No. You accept it. Why? Because you're motivated with a vision that's greater than the pain that your body experiences. And there isn't even a comparison. It's but for a season. And the church needs to see in faith and needs to work in faith this labor prompted by love. 
And so you are, you are okay. So why do you do kids? How could you do kids ministry the way you do kids ministry? Because you love. Why do you set up the way you set up? Because you love. Why do you go through, you, you, as a Christian, you're constantly challenged in your own personal identity. And why do you go through that laborsome process of being internally reinvented through the Holy Spirit? Where it's painful, God refines silver by fire. And he's baptizing Christians left, right, and center through a painful kiln process of fire. Why would you do that? Why would you go through the next season in, in the bur- like sharing in the burden of Jesus? And why would you do why would you build church and establish things and get over why would you bother getting over offenses? It's much easier to just take offense than to get over it. Why would you labor through those things? You do it. Why? Because the vision is greater than you. Because the vision is love. Because it's about who we're reaching. It's about the world that needs Jesus. It's about something so much greater than the pain that we're going through. How on earth are we going to get this done? Well, we need to see it through faith and we need to labor by love. We need to always keep love out in the center. And do you know how you can do it? It's because Jesus labored through the greatest pain known to mankind and he was motivated. How did he endure the cross? Because he was motivated by love. In, in the mind's eye of our Lord and Savior was your face and your name. And then Christians all over the world are complaining about what they go through. And it insults our Lord and Savior because he died on a cross for you. And we can't go to church and get out of bed on a Sunday morning. Jesus was motivated by love. He saw the world and he saw your face and he saw your name. And he says, I don't want to do this. I want the cup to pass from me, but I'm going to walk this narrow road and I'm going to walk this way. I'm going to die naked and ashamed for love. That's how we're going to get this done. We're going to get this done because we see it through. We work by faith. And we labor by a motivation that's bigger than us. It's just in response to what Jesus has already done to us. Last point, and I'll, I'll get the keys up. Endurance inspired by hope in Jesus. When I read the Bible, I understand the theme that God is less concerned about our intentions and how we begin, and he's more concerned about how we finish. Run the race in order to finish. How do you endure through something to the end? How are you going to get through it? What God is calling you to is ludicrous. Personally, and this church. For you to fulfill what God is asking you to do in your life, it's going to require an immense amount of faith. But faith doesn't become faithfulness unless faith is repeated in, ste- in multiple steps of faith. And how can you be faithful to the end, to the finish? How will you not fall down? How will you not, how, how are we going to make it? Because sometimes we get enough self-determination to make it through a season. But your willpower will not, get, will not cause your endurance to make it to the finish line. How is your marriage going to make it? It's not going to make it through willpower. It's not going to make it through listening to the right podcast and going to the right church. It's not going to make it through anything but hope in your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
So how on earth are we going to get this done? We've got to do it through eyes of faith. It's all here in one verse. How are we going to be known everywhere? How are you going to finish like Paul finished? Completed where the cup is full, where you've done it. How are you going to accomplish everything that God's asking you to do? How are you going to do it? Because it's hard. Because you're laboring through love and then you labor another season and labor another season. Then before you know it, you're getting all these exhausted people. When we forget that our hope is found in Jesus, Jesus says in Romans, in Romans 15, that he is the source of hope. He is the source of hope. He is, this, is, this is what I'm talking about. To make it real, I'm talking about your personal relationship with Jesus. Your personal, you're not placing your hope in accolades from human beings. I need, you know, I need someone to walk past me. I need like Shane, the beat poet, to walk past me and pat me on the back and tell me that I can make it. That will not last for you. I need the church's connect groups. Man, I'm depending on that. No, no, no. Unless, unless your hope is in Jesus. Yeah. Let, me, let me give you Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. I pray that out of His, somebody say His, His glorious riches, that He would strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being. So the, I love, we see, at C3, we see people respond to faith in Jesus and they give their life to Jesus. But also in C3, we lay our hands on people and we impart the Holy Spirit, the source of hope. It's where you get your strength from, to be strengthened on the inside. Generation after generation, this church will make an internal, eternal impact. Your life will make a lasting eternal impact because you're a person who's in love with Christ and you place your faith and hope in Jesus. Do you know what I just read out? 1 Corinthians 13, 13. The three things that remain. How do we get, how on earth do we get this done? Our work by faith, our labor by love, and our endurance by hope in Jesus. Do you know the three things that remain? Do you want to know how this is all going to remain? Do you want to know the substance of everything on, in order for you to do the calling? Is through these three things, faith, hope, and love. And the faith, hope, and love of this leadership and the faith, hope, and love of this team and the faith, hope, and love of this church will be known everywhere. People will talk about it everywhere. The spirit of this place, the strength of this place, through faith, hope, and love. Just if you could bow your head and close your eyes. If you're somebody in this room and you haven't never invited Jesus into your heart, I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. Your hope needs to be in Christ. It's the greatest decision that you will ever make. Or maybe you know that your heart is not where it needs to be with Jesus. And you know today is the day that you need to recommit your life to Him. You know your life for any number of reasons, and that doesn't matter, is not where it needs to be. And you know that you need to recommit your life to Jesus. Today is the day. 
the most important, the biggest decision that any person living on this planet will make is to give their life to Jesus, to invite Jesus into their heart as their Lord and Savior. And with every head bowed and every eye closed and respecting each other's privacy in this room, can I ask you to respond and say, Sam, please include me in this prayer. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front.